You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings again from Sprott Money News. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up for Friday, June the 10th. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this morning is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, great to be here, and uh, we have a good week to talk about. And uh, ever since we started this, we've had a lot, way more good weeks and bad weeks. And in fact, it's getting to be... Uh, quite exciting here with the I think the stocks are now up like about 135 percent on some of the indexes so it's uh, it's pretty exciting days and uh, lots to talk about it has been nice to see you and I have characterized bull markets as often two steps forward and one steps back and we completed our one step back and we've been charging forward again this week gold's up thirty dollars so far this week at 1273 silver's up 90 cents all coming after that jobs report last Friday what, what do you think at this point well, it was a very, very strange report. I mean, it just it's like it came out of Mars almost. You know, it could have been that bad when we're all looking for something probably between 150 and 200,000, even adjusting for the Verizon strike. It comes in at 38. And then, of course, the underlying numbers were just atrocious, right? The 600,000 people that left the workforce and, uh, you know, the number of part-time versus full-time jobs. I mean, it just was a horrible number. And it just, I'm sure, stopped everyone in their tracks. And you have to sit there and question, do we have a recovery? And on that front, I mean, there's been lots of articles lately because of this weakness in the numbers pointing to signs that were showing that there was no recovery and that there was going to be a problem in the in the job market. And one of the articles I read recently this week, uh, I think it's put out by Ms. Shedlock, um, it, it was a... Um, a study of internet job postings, and it wasn't done by Mishy. He credited the the author in the article, um, but apparently they had shown signs of rolling over, and therefore the uh, the writer and analyst concluded that the job numbers would come down. And of course, they did come down. There was another article, at least an article today in uh, Zero Hedge, might have been posted yesterday. I read it this morning um, about individual income tax receipts and how on a year-over-year basis they're now slightly negative. And I always thought that personal income tax receipts are the most informative proxy of how the economy is really doing. And so the fact that they're now negative year-over-year is incredibly telling. And I would uh, encourage people to, um, to look for those articles on Zero Hedge. In the face of that, obviously rates aren't going higher. And let me lay some numbers on you, Eric, cause just to make people aware of this. This morning on Friday, the 30-year long bond in the U.S. is at a new low for 2016 of 2.46%. The 10-year note is 1.66%. But get a load of this. The German 10-year bond yields 3 basis points, 0.03%. And the German 5-year note is negative 0.43. That kind of seems to eliminate that whole argument about opportunity cost and gold, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it certainly does. And in fact, I'll take it one step further. I mean, I'm sitting there watching the financial news this morning, and you can sense fear, fear in the voices of the announcers and the, the pundits, because the, the situation is totally ridiculous, right? We have negative interest rates across the board. People see that economically it's not working. In Europe, they're now buying corporate bonds, and they're even buying some junk bonds in, in, by the central bank. I mean, it's the whole you know, idiocy of what has has been going on and continues to go on is now being deeply uh, discussed. And, of course, it's the 
the rate of interest on the bond that's got everyone shocked. How can we be having a recovery when, when the 10 year bond is trading at a whatever, 30 year low or 35 year low? Yeah. And it, it is making people sort of stand up and take notice that uh, perhaps the, uh, the labor number we got last Friday is the true data point and that we are in a recession. And of course, there's many other ways of explaining recession, but labor has been the one uh, sort of an economic indicator that everyone's pointed to as being good. Now we've taken that prop out too. So I think the the concern about the financial system and the impact of uh, central planners on the financial system and whether or not they can continue to prop it up is now uh, very much entering the discussion in the general financial news media. Well, and we're starting to see that, my friend. Uh, we, you and I have often talked about how little money is invested in the metal sector and how little attention it gets paid by big investors and institutions. But yet, this week we've heard stories about Stan Druckenmiller, George Soros, Kyle Bass, uh, big names in finance moving into gold. CNBC had a big article just yesterday about gold. The Wall Street Journal, of all places, this morning on in their money and investing page on page one talks about gold and gold ETFs and gold miners. Are we finally beginning to see some big flows into the sector? Well, you know, it's interesting the names that you mentioned because these are all-star guys, right? These these are all-star people. And what of course most of the money's not run by the all-stars. The most of the money's run by the big banks and the you know, the calpers and the big pension funds and all that, who don't have stars running them. Uh, but those people running them We'll be looking at what the stars are doing. Plus, every day, every morning, every week, every month, they got to look at you know what's been the best performing group in the market. And ever since January 19th, the number one performing group by a long shot has been gold stocks. Yep. And I can guarantee you, as a former portfolio manager, the computers are screaming at these people to buy. Now you got the all stars saying buy. How long is it before the generalist caves and has to start buying? Yeah. Because he's missed a huge bull market already. And I think the bull market, that obviously could go a long way further than where we have. In fact, I think it's safe to say that most of the gold indexes hit new highs this week. Yes, they did. So you know, we already had a correction, as you pointed out, and then we're back up to new highs again. So, yeah, no, they're, they're going to keep coming around. You would think that there'd be another inflow of funds. The Huey index closed at a new high yesterday for 2016. That people are going to start sensing they're missing the boat to that end. I noticed yesterday that the GLD, everybody's favorite ETF, I say that jokingly. Um, even though, even while price was falling in May, even while price fell nearly a hundred dollars in May, the GLD since that thirteen hundred dollar price peak is actually up more than ten percent in inventory, more than eighty three metric tons. What do you make of that? Well, of course, you and I follow that very closely because it's a, it's theoretically a factor in the physical gold market if, in fact, they take physical delivery, which, of course, you and I both debate. Right. Um, I think the other interesting thing about the GLD is that uh, as of, I think it was May 15th, the short position of the GLD is about 20% of the shares outstanding, which really means had there been no short position, there would be about another call them almost now 180 tons yeah. in the GLD. Yeah. And the short position in December was 10%. Now it's 20. That means that about 90 tons that should have gone into the GLD didn't go into the GLD because somebody shorted the shares. 
So the demand is even bigger than what we're seeing. We're already seeing almost 100 tons a month. And I love going back to that number because 100 tons a month on an annual basis, 1,200 tons a year. Last year, the ETS lost 150 tons. We have a 1,350-ton delta, other things being equal, in a 4,000-ton market. Yeah. Well, how can somebody come in and buy 40% of the gold in the market and not have the price go crazy? Other things being equal. And, of course, other things aren't equal. Coin sales are rocking. Um, you know, just the interest in gold is obviously uh, becoming somewhat overwhelming. And, of course, the disinterest in believing uh, the spiel that the central planners give us is rising dramatically. Nobody believes it anymore. And all the more reason to go to something real and something that can give you a real return. Imagine making a 20% return in gold this year versus, you know, as you point out, over the German bonds yielding with a minus 0.1 or something <laughs> over 10 years or five years. <laughs> Come on. It's remarkable. Shake your head. <laughs> it does leave you scratching your head, and, it, and again, at the impotence of the central bankers. So let's, let's as our final topic uh, this week, let's talk about the impotence of the central, of the central bankers, because next week brings the all-important June FOMC meeting. And I can only imagine what the headlines will state as they try to spin and jawbone their way out of this one. Uh, what do you yeah. expect next week, Eric? Well, I certainly don't expect a hike, and I've never expected a hike, and I don't expect a hike in July. They may uh, fade, uh, that they're gonna, they could still have a hike on the table for July, but, man, you need one hell of a correction in some of these labor numbers. And if the, jo- the Internet jobs listing is correct, uh, if the tax receipts are correct, the job market is, is in disarray, to say the least, okay? And plus, the data's been phony data all along. Uh, which kind of makes me wonder why they, knowing that they put out phony data, why did they put out that data that was so bad? Was there some reason? I mean, they're trying to take things down here? Or I, I don't know. Because for my mind, in the last five years, it has been flawed every month anyway. You know, you could have kept it flawed. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> nobody would have known, but you know, they are with this uh, really crappy number. So they're going to have a tough time uh, coming back from this one. Nobody's going to be believing there's any recovery, and I think you're going to continue to see people thinking, well, how do I survive this thing? There's lots of articles on that. You've written things on that. I think if you go back to basics, you got to own precious metals uh, and have no counterparty risk. We've seen that surge even in uh, open interest and in deliveries on the COMEX. That seems to be continuing this month at a record pace. Anything else on your mind this week, Eric? No, I mean, Craig, I think that's a good point. I mean, the open interest in both months in gold, in both May and June, the open interest has been going up and the deliveries have been yeah. going up as the months have gone on, which yeah. I've never seen before. Like, it's very surprising what's going on in the physical market. Very, very surprising. I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, they, they're out of physical. Uh, they, they came out with this uh, rate rise nonsense a month ago so they could try to cover their short position. They, they covered part of it, but they didn't get the whole thing covered. And uh, that's why we, it, this melt-up could be very dramatic in uh, precious metals. Very dramatic, so stay tuned. We've talked about the next time we move to new highs, how interesting it might be. The the Huey Index closed at a new high yesterday, and gold and silver just a shade below new highs. Next week could be very interesting, my friend. I look forward to talking to you again next Friday. Okay, Craig. All the best. You have a good week. You too, Eric. And from all of us at Sprott Money News, have a great weekend, a great week, and we'll talk to you next Friday. 